Everyone is so focused on what the Chicago Bears should do at quarterback, and for good reason. But I really think it's going to be more important who's calling plays for that quarterback, regardless of whether it's Caleb Williams or Justin Fields. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast Locked On Bears on all social media platforms, including YouTube, where you can find all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Terms and conditions apply. On the show today, we look at the Bears offensive coordinator situation and decision and why certainly quarterback itself is important, but offensive coordinator might be more important when it comes to the success of whoever the next Chicago Bears quarterback is. We'll look at specifically why OC might matter even more than who the actual quarterback is themselves. We'll look at why Luke Getze doesn't seem like the right guy to be leading the Bears offense and quarterback in 2024, regardless of who it is. And then we'll wrap up looking at some possible replacements if the Bears do indeed decide to fire their offensive coordinator. It feels like a hot take to say, Offensive coordinator decision is more important than quarterback decision, but I just feel like the more I thought about it all week, the more it makes sense to me and the more it seems almost almost obvious in a, in a separate way because rarely do you see a quarterback truly overcome below average to bad offensive coaching, regardless of who that quarterback is. Usually, even if the, if the quarterback is great, if the offensive coaching is not, they will end up firing that offensive coordinator and getting a better one in. And lo and behold, that quarterback has much more success. So to me, whether that's Justin Fields coming back in 2024 and trying to set him up with an offensive coordinator that can perhaps better put him in a position to succeed and be his best quarterback, or it's a rookie quarterback, Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever, you want them to come into a situation with an offensive coordinator that will be best for developing them and getting them on the right path to being the best quarterback you can possibly have. I mean, we've seen this over the recent years with the last handful of quarterbacks that the Bears have gone with. I mean, as much talent as Justin Fields has had, as much talent as Mitch Trubisky had coming into the NFL, as much talent as, you know, Jay Cutler had before that. I mean, all of those guys have not, consistently had good offensive coordinators, right? When the Bears have failed at quarterback, certainly we can point to a lot of flaws that the Bears quarterbacks have had, but I don't know that we've had a Bears quarterback in my lifetime where you're like, man, he was in a really good situation with really good coaches and he just didn't work out, right? There's always usually a, a pairing of a at best average offensive coordinator, but usually below average or terrible offensive coordinator or offensive coaching staff in general. 
And then there's also perhaps wide receiver issues or offensive line issues and also just general flaws within that quarterback that might fail, that might keep them from being as successful as they could. But you never really see, or we've never seen a quarterback in Chicago have a good offensive coordinator and not have success. Like they don't have success because they don't have a good offensive coordinator. Maybe they weren't that great for themselves, but like it's so critically important. Like to me, any quarterback you draft, like if you're drafting him and he comes into an offensive coordinator situation that's not good, you're setting him up for failure from the get-go. Even if you end up firing that offensive coordinator a year or two into that rookie's career, then you're restarting. And then you're trying to get everything back on track with them again. And all of a sudden you've wasted, it feels like you've wasted that year or two, however it was, with that wrong offensive coordinator that's not developing them properly or putting them in an offense that's going to be best for their success. I kind of feel similarly about Fields. Like he, he went through it in year one with, with Matt Nagy, and now he's had back-to-back years of Luke Getze. Continuity is nice, but when that system of con- that you're having continuity in has flaws, it's only so valuable, right? When If it's not suited to him greatly, maybe it's average at best for him. And in other ways, it feels like it's still holding him back in some ways. How valuable is that continuity? Like, I understand wanting to bring back Luke Getze and Fields and Ibiflus to kind of keep everything the same. I'm not convinced that keeping everything the same is the best thing for this Bears offense. It's only been, and, and we'll get into some of the things specifically with Luke Getze and, and why I don't think he should be back as offensive coordinator and why I think the Bears should be uh, looking for a new offensive coordinator this offseason. But just to kind of hammer home the point about QB and OC more generally before we dive into Getze, like, look around the NFL a little bit at the teams that have really good offenses, even when their quarterbacks are not great or are not proven. I mean, I think about the Cleveland Browns this season. They're starting their fifth quarterback on Sunday, albeit by choice. But like Joe Flacco comes in off the street, but Kevin Stefanski runs a good enough offense with with some good players in that offense, sure, but also schematically runs an offense that they can adapt to Joe Flacco on the fly. And the Browns are a real playoff contender. I mean, they're in the playoffs and a real, like, dare I say, Super Bowl contender. Maybe that's a little strong, but like they're a team that other teams fear a little bit entering in the playoffs because good offensive coaching makes it work with four different quarterbacks in that offense. You look at the rookie quarterbacks this year, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, pretty big difference between what those two guys got offensively. One team had a lot of offensive coordinator issues and ultimately fired their head coach a handful of games into the season. The other team has a guy who is regarded as one of the brightest young minds in football in Bobby Slowick who personally is actually a, a, a friend. I've known him over the years. We worked together at Pro Football Focus before he was a, back in the NFL. And like that makes such a huge difference in how we think about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud when one has great coaching in Houston without having really quality playmakers around him. I mean, their leading receivers were what Tank Dell, the rookie, and Nico Collins. They don't have a ton at you know, in, in tight end. I mean, running back Devin Singletary, I guess. But it's not a great offense in terms of personnel in Houston but they got great production out of a young quarterback with with great coaching. And I mean, you don't got to look much farther than the Green Bay Packers with what Jordan Love's been able to do this season. You can debate how great he's been, but the receivers certainly are not great. The offensive line is not great, not what they had planned it to be, and the running backs have been injured. They've not had a great supporting cast for for, for Jordan, Jordan Love, but Matt LaFleur has been so good at coaching and scheming these receivers open that it's worked for them and they've had a productive offense in spite of it. So it, it just seems to me it matters so much how good your play caller is, not totally regardless of quarterback, but when your op- your quarterback options are Justin Fields or a highly touted rookie, you feel like either way you've got something good. 
So you really need a good offensive coordinator then to get the most out of either of those potentially good options. You think about the reverse where in Atlanta, bad offensive coaching is wasting weapons like B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts and Drake London, or certainly in Pittsburgh, they couldn't get anything going with, with Najee Harris and, and Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. They fired the offensive coordinator, they changed quarterbacks, all of a sudden Pickens is producing again. Like offensive coordinator matters a ton. And for me, like Luke Getze has has shown improvement and progress and growth over the years, but is still not good enough of an offensive coordinator. Still has problems that hold this Chicago Bears offense back. We'll go through what that looks like, and then we'll go through some potential replacement candidates next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. And that's why they've created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion professionals that makes it the best place to hire. I'm on LinkedIn. I bet you're probably on LinkedIn. And if you're not, a lot of your friends, family members, and coworkers are all on LinkedIn. And hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. And they make the process intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This Chicago Bears offense has certainly gotten better as the season has gone on. Justin Fields has shown improvement as the season has gone on. And yet, it still doesn't feel like Luke Getze is putting Fields and the Bears offense in the absolute best position to be successful. Like he's doing he's doing everything he can and putting all the guys in the right position and then they're just still not sometimes not doing it well enough. Like it looked great against the Atlanta Falcons. I, I totally understand. This is not, this is not the low part of the Chicago bears offense that season, but you, you go through the all 22 film, even in winning what four of the last five games, albeit they scored under 20 in two of those four games. Uh, and you know, there's been some defensive assistance in, in that along the way. Like there's still things you see on film where it's like offensive scheme, play design, play calling, and coaching that are not helping nearly enough. And if anything, are are, are holding this offense back in some specific areas. Like, I, I think big picture, when you take a step back, we all see the screen passes. Like, it's become a meme at this point, right? Luke Getzey's going to call a screen. Like, when, when the Falcons had their 75-yard screen pass touchdown, we're all sitting at home going, I bet Luke Getzey's going to call a screen pass right after the Falcons just had a big screen pass and they did and it was almost picked off. Like it was, a, it's just, it's, it's predictable in that way. And it, and there's a lot of largely conservative play calling, handing it off on second and long that leaves you in, guess what? Third and long. And then you're in a tough down and distance situation. There's a lot of settling for field goals, a lot of not pushing the ball downfield. I mean, it took until late in this season for us to really see any kind of vertical passing game consistently. And, and with every offense, you know, some of the blame, and, and credit goes to the quarterback when things go well or poorly. I don't want to absolve Justin Fields of blame here because he's had his flaws and, you know, he's had to grow through this process as well. But like, even just in terms of like the route concepts that you see, like they're, 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 they're finally gotten to be a little bit more vertical. 
it took way too long to also figure out how to like run again with Justin Fields. Remember at the beginning of this season, Justin Fields was not a part of this Bears rushing game at all. It was what, three, four, five weeks into the season before they finally were like, hey, wait a minute, that worked so well last season. Maybe we should get that going again. Like looking back at the first the first game, he had four carries for 27 yards. And the third game, he had three carries for 12 yards, four carries for 35 yards. Against Washington, three carries for nine yards. Like this is not, oh, see, those, so those are the sack numbers I was looking at. Sorry. You know, we, in week two against the Tampa Bay, uh, four carries for three yards. Week four against Denver, four carries for 25 yards. Like it wasn't until, you know, you get after that mini bye week that you've got, 100 yards rushing against the Lions and over 50 yards rushing against, I guess, Washington and over 50 against the Vikings and the Lions again and almost 100 against the Cardinals. Like, it took a while for Justin Fields' passing offense or excuse, rushing offense to, like, really be designed into the offense and not just him scrambling when a pass play breaks down, but, like, actually making it a part of this offense despite it being something they did last year and had success with and still started this season not doing it. When you watch receivers run routes downfield, in this Bears offense, you're still seeing guys run to the same area of the field, like not spacing themselves out properly, even in against the Falcons in this last game. Like there, there, there's a specific play I'm thinking of where they had three receivers to the right side and somebody ran it out and then like a curl and then like a corner route, I think was the middle route. And like they were all like 20 yards downfield, like all about the same area. So like two guys were able to cover three receivers just based purely on the design of the routes. I mean, maybe somebody ran the wrong routes, but if a player is running the wrong routes in week 17, that's a problem with your coaching. Like whether it's the play design or the player execution, if we're 17 weeks into the season, you shouldn't be having those problems. You've got routes running short of the sticks on third down, like not past the first down marker. Like obviously sometimes you're gonna have check downs or whatever, but like in key situations, players, when, it, when it's third and six, they're running their route at four or five yards instead of adjusting it to six or seven yards. So you're going to get the first down instead of being tackled the yard short. Like maybe the player did it wrong, but again, it's week 17. There's no excuse for like, oh, the player is still learning the offense. Or the player didn't know. Like the coaches have to coach these players better. Same thing in pass protection. Like we still see communication issues up front. Generally, the pass protection has been better, but you saw even against the Falcons, unblocked blitzer right up the middle unblocked defender right off the edge. You got Lucas Patrick and Nate Davis not communicating properly, blocking the wrong direction and blocking the same guys in week 17. You can blame Lucas Patrick for the communication or blame Justin Fields for the communication. But at the end of the day, after 17 weeks, your coaching staff should be able to coach that into them to not make these self-inflicted wounds. Like that's what it comes down to with, with Getty's offense is like the areas where they're holding themselves back. It's not the defense who's just figured them out and is stopping them on those plays. It's literally like things the Bears are doing to themselves that don't help fields, don't help the receivers, don't help the offensive line that better coaching should be able to solve to at least get out of your own way and make the defense stop you as opposed to plays where you're already kind of in your own way. Don't get me wrong. Getsy has done some things well. He's not, I don't, I don't think he's the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. I think, I think, I think we've seen a couple of fired offensive coordinators already this season that are worse than him, but big picture, do you trust Luke Getze to get the most out of Justin Fields next season? Or do you trust Luke Getze to properly develop the rookie quarterback that you would draft if you replace Justin Fields? Like, I just feel like we haven't really seen a lot of player development on offense. And that's, that's kind of the two parts of offensive coordinating. There's play design and play call over here. And then there's player development. 
Have we seen a young player or a player of any kind get drastically better? I mean, Fields has now shown improvement, sure. But like DJ Moore, and DJ Moore's having a career best year, but he was already good. And now he's just getting more balls. But like, we haven't seen Darnell Mooney really improve. We haven't seen Tyler Scott take big steps forward. We haven't seen Trent or Bayless Jones take big steps forward. Rexon Jones, maybe slightly. Tevin Jenkins is kind of just as good both seasons. Darnell Wright's been up and down throughout his rookie career. Like none of these guys are like, you haven't seen like that player development of guys really getting a lot better and noticeably improving from coaching on the offensive side of the ball. That to me reflects poorly on the offensive coordinator and the offensive coaching staff, in addition to the play calling and play design issues. So I just don't think it should be Luke Getze coordinating this Bears offense, regardless of who the quarterback is. And it will hold that will hold back either quarterback and ultimately make that a more important decision for the future of the Bears quarterback position on who is the offensive coordinator rather than specifically who is the quarterback. Because you got some good options either way at quarterback. You need to have a better option at offensive coordinator. Fortunately, there are some pretty intriguing options out there for the Chicago Bears. It's not always as pretty as the hotshot offensive coordinator on another team who's going to become a head coach, but still some assistance and other experienced and inexperienced options, if depending on how you want to go about replacing the Bears offensive coordinator. We'll look at some of the top candidates to keep an eye on if the Bears fire Luke Getze next on Locked on Bears. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. This time of year with New Year's, we can often get obsessed about how to change ourselves, how we're supposed to improve or, or be different instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Sometimes that self-criticism can be just a little bit too much, too harsh. You don't need to be so hard on yourself. And that's where something like online therapy can come in and be really important for reaching some of that inner peace and being your best self, appreciating and loving yours, giving yourself the love that you deserve. I do online therapy every single week, and it's a really important part of my mental health regimen. I always say, just like going to the gym, and I'll go to the gym because my body's broken. I go to the gym because I want my body to be stronger. I don't go to therapy because my brain is broken. I go to therapy because I want my brain to be stronger. That's what BetterHelp is all about. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So this New Year's, celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. The Chicago Bears could use some better help at offensive coordinator. And fortunately, as the coaching carousel of sorts sits right now, I think there's some decent options out there for the Bears. A couple of names you've heard of for sure, and maybe a couple of names you're not as familiar with, and you kind of have different options here. Do you want to go with, you know, the fresh offensive mind who's never been an offensive coordinator before, but has been a valuable assistant in good offenses and might have good ideas when he's given the chance to be an offensive coordinator? Or do you want to go with a guy who's been a coordinator before, has has some real experience in multiple situations with multiple quarterbacks that could be a stabilizing kind of veteran coaching presence for a young Bears offense, whether it's a rookie quarterback or Justin Fields? Let's start with the continuity option. If the Bears fired Luke Getze, they could just opt to promote offensive, or excuse me, quarterbacks coach Andrew Janoco to take over as offensive coordinator. He's a guy who didn't really have a lot of previous ties to Luke Getze in terms of like, you know, he didn't come with him from Green Bay. He's not necessarily molded under the same coaching tree. So Janoco might have different ideas for how to run this offense. Like he wouldn't necessarily just 
pick up Getty's offense and try and do the same thing slightly differently. Like he would implement his own potential system there, but it would still be the same voice for Justin Fields, the quarterback coach he's been working with for the past two seasons. So you maintain a decent amount of that continuity, even if the offense changes and maybe the language changes a little bit. You might remember from when the Bears hired Janoko, he was previously the quarterback's coach, wide receiver's coach, and offensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings. So he has experience coaching different positions across the group, right? He's not just a guy who's only ever worked with quarterbacks, and now you have to become an OC and oversee the receivers and the running backs and the offensive line and the tight ends and everything. Like, he's already coached a bunch of different positions, so he's got the perspectives on, okay, like, what do the receivers need to know on this play? What do the offensive line need to know? What do the quarterbacks need to know? I mean, you're never going to have anybody who's coached all the positions, but, like, having that variety of experience I think is valuable, and he's been under multiple offensive coordinators in Minnesota as well, so he's got a variety of experience in there. I don't necessarily like the idea of like giving him a, a promotion as though it's like job well done. You're doing such a great job that we think you should be OC because I don't necessarily feel like he's done such a great job that he's destined, he's earned a big promotion. But if the continuity is important to you, I don't think it's a terrible option for a different voice playing, calling the plays there and, and giving, if you keep Justin Fields, certainly some real continuity there. If you want to, if you want to go though, for maybe a more experienced offensive coach. There's a couple of guys that might be available, might not, depending on how this coaching carousel goes for them. But how about a guy with a lot of connections to Matt Eberflus, Frank Reich. He, of course, was the Colts offensive coordinator when Matt Eberflus, or excuse me, Colts head coach when Matt Eberflus was the Colts defensive coordinator. He was just the Carolina Panthers head coach and was fired halfway through his first season in Carolina. So obviously not not a hot track record at the moment, but I do think, I do think some of the issues in Carolina were beyond just like his offensive co- coordinating there. And he wasn't calling plays at first and then took it back and it was messy. And, and maybe, maybe he's not cut out for like high quality head coaching. I mean, I, it's a separate argument here, but like he was previously the offensive coordinator for the, for the Eagles when their offense was very good. And then he was actually the chargers offensive coordinator for a time before that. The real question for me with Reich is, is like, does he want an offensive coordinator job? Like he's had, he's had back-to-back head coaching jobs after the Carolina debacle. He's probably not going to get one right away. So does, is the bears the kind of offensive coordinator spot he would want to take to try and rebuild his resume? I think he's in a position to be picky about where his next job is. And it's no guarantee that he would just up and come to Chicago. If Maddie of gave him a call and asked, but I certainly would consider giving a call and asking, at least seeing if that's something he would be interested in. Another guy in a similar boat in terms of leverage. Hasn't been a head coach before, but might have a lot of different suitors and I guess could still be be a head coach next season. And so might not take the Bears job if they offered it to him, but would still be worth kicking the tires on. How about Kellen Moore? The current Los Angeles Chargers offensive coordinator was previously the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator. When he was the Cowboys offensive coordinator, he got head coaching interviews. Ultimately went to Los Angeles to try and work with Justin Herbert Stuff really went downhill south with Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore never really, I mean, their offense was not great this season and Kellen Moore deserves some blame for that. Like he's not a perfect spotless candidate, but they were, the offenses in Dallas were, were really good. And so like, I'm not saying he's for sure the best guy, but I think again, experience and he's, he's ran good offenses before and has, was in a real mess in, in Los Angeles that I'm not sure is fully his fault, but certainly is disappointing and concerning and a red flag when you evaluate this. But like he's still the guy that's going to get head coaching consideration and should still be a hot offensive coordinator candidate for some team. It's just a matter of whether it's the Bears or not. 
if you really want experience and a guy who will definitely be available, how about Daryl Bevel? He was, if you recognize the name, he was, I know him best as the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator with Russell Wilson, but he was the Vikings offensive coordinator before that. And since then, he was the Lions offensive coordinator and interim head coach briefly. And he was a Jaguars offensive coordinator. He's been the offensive coordinator for four different teams. And he is currently the passing game coordinator, which is different, and quarterbacks coach for the Miami Dolphins, which we've seen that offense be exceptional this season and the last couple seasons. So Frank Smith is their OC. Obviously, McDaniel is their head coach. Delaware bubbles a few notches down, which makes him available to bring in as an offensive coordinator. Certainly, I think his offenses have had some flaws over the years, but he's got a lot of experience. And I think seeing what they're doing in Miami, like he's always been an adaptive offensive coordinator, someone who you've seen his scheme change quite a bit from Minnesota, Seattle to Detroit and Jacksonville. And now he's even seeing a slightly different version in Miami. So I think he would come to Chicago, not with like a specific offense, like we got to run my Daryl Bevel offense, but more like we got to mix together everything that's working well in the NFL and we'll work with our players. I think that could be a pretty good option for the Bears. And one other dark horse name I'll throw out there real quick. A guy I'm, I would be very surprised if you've heard of before, but there's a connection here to Eberflus. And I think there's some intrigue for him as a, one of these, again, like young offensive minds who's never been uh, a head, co- an offensive coordinator before. So you're going in with inexperience, but hopefully you think his innovation and what he's been able to do so far will help your offensive and he could be that like get get in on a guy early rather than too late a guy by the name of Kevin Petulo he is currently the passing game coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles and i guess as as we talk about it today you know they're they're on a really slow streak right now but he's been their passing game coordinator for the last 3 seasons not their offensive coordinator again a step below offensive coordinator but coordinating helping coordinate the passing game for Jalen Hurts on his rise to an MVP player. And still, the offense has generally been pretty good this season. Again, they're hitting some rough patches right now, but it's not purely, you know, on Kevin Petullo's shoulders. But he's been the Colts passing game coordinator for the last, well, he's also their pass game specialist in 2020. So I guess four seasons with, or excuse me, with the Eagles, it's been three seasons. Before that, he was with the Colts with Matt Eberflus and Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni. So there's an Eberflus connection. He was the wide receivers coach and then pass game specialist for the Colts from 2018 to 2020. So Eberflus should know him. And then he's been with an Eagles offense that helped Jalen Hurts grow into the guy that we're seeing now. Like to me, that makes him a very intriguing offensive coordinator candidate, even though, you know, he's never been a coordinator before, at least not at the off at the NFL level. I'm not seeing any lower level, uh, offensive coordinating in his system or in his experience, but he has been in the NFL since 2007. He started as an offensive assistant with the chiefs, went to the bills, went to the Titans, was a quarterback's coach for the jets, then the Colts and now the Eagles. So like he's still only 42, like he's young, but he's been in the league a little while, right? He's not totally wet behind the ears, you know, just a 27 year old offensive coordinator that you're trying to promote there, right? Like this is a guy who's seen some different offenses and been around a lot of different coaches and might be ready for his shot as an offensive coordinator. Just a dark horse candidate, not, not, not like a guy that I haven't heard anything as him being some genius or anything, but I'm just a guy with a resume that intrigues you and a connection to Matt Eberflus. You know, got to throw it out there as an option. I still think either way, no matter who the replacement might be, like the best decision for the Bears is to move on from Luke Getze and get a guy who's going to be a better fit for either Justin Fields or a rookie quarterback. Like the quarterback kind of comes, literally in, in chronologically it comes second, but also in terms of importance. Feels like it comes second because the offensive coordinator 
will be the, the, the number one factor in Chicago as to whether Fields or that rookie continue to be successful moving forward. We'd love to hear what you think the Chicago Bears should do at offensive coordinator. If there's another candidate that you like that we haven't talked about here or maybe one of the ones we did talk about. Let us know in the comments here on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel or you can tweet us at Lockdown Bears, post in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group. However you do it, just make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Come on back on Monday as we'll recap whatever happens in Bears Packers. If you need more Bears Packers preview, check out yesterday's crossover Thursday podcast with Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers. A lot of goodies in there. A lot of good information about both of these teams that really sets you up for what's going to be in this matchup on Sunday. We'll see what happens. It's a huge game. I'm excited for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll break it all down afterward. And I think by Tuesday, we'll hear from Ryan Poles and we'll be into full off-season mode. We'll still be here for you five days a week and still making sure that every day you get another opportunity to bear down.